You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Yeah, will do. I'll give you the nod. Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The podcast about rugby doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I'm JB, fresh off a flight from Portugal, sat here with dear old Phil. Hello, Philip. Hello, dear JB. And down the line, there's Tim Cocker. Hello, Tim Cocker. Good evening, gentlemen. Oh. Good evening, mate. Oh, God, I'm absolutely exhausted, but delighted to be here with you two. <laughs> so, do you want to uh, explain to us why we're a day late getting a podcast out and why Tim is forced to suffer the Egg Chasers TMO shipping container? Well, frankly, the reason that it's late is because I got invited to a 90th birthday party. 90th birthday a party? A 90th birthday party. Now, this isn't any old 90th birthday party. It is a combination of a man's 60th birthday and his son's 30th birthday. <laughs> that, uh, that kind of feels like it's cheating a little bit. Oh, it's very much cheating. <laughs> and to make it even more cheating, uh, the son, who's a, who's a good friend of mine from Broughton Park, when we used to play together, um, his birthday was in May. So it's not exactly <laughs> timely. It's, it was rather contrived, but it was also rather excellent. Sounds like, and, and they flew you out to Portugal, or you flew no, out to Portugal to be with them? We flew ourselves out to Portugal. Yeah. And then we had just three days of raucous messiness, and it was absolutely brilliant. So, it's a bit of a strange place. Have I, either of you ever been to the Algarve? Uh, yes. No, I've never been to Portugal. Really? Well, I, this is my no. first time there. And, well, what did you think, Phil? Um, so... When I was there, I stayed in a villa well away from... Oh, did you go with the Gorons? Sorry, this is very, very, very... <laughs> in. No, 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 this is... Come on, we're going to talk about yeah, rugby. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Rugby, well, rugby, rugby. I'll just say this. If you like golf, it's great. If you don't like golf, it's take, it, gets, it takes you a little while to get used to. It's like going to a... Stepford, is it Stepford Wives? The whole <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. that's sort of Pleasantville sort of thing. It, it's like an enclosure for humans. <laughs> So yeah, that's Are what... you ready to pile into some rugby the way JP Doyle piles into rucks? Yeah. <laughs> what great officiating, hey? That was It was really brilliant. Good. Absolutely brilliant. Got to the, the bottom of the problem, sorted out straight away with no need for any pesky TMOs ruining things. Exactly right. Uh well, before we get into all those great things, find us on Twitter at at rugby podcast. It's a rugby podcast. I always get that mixed mixed up. Yeah. Yeah, rugby, rugby at podcast. Rugby yeah. podcast. I, 
I'm at Jay Beardmore. He, he's at Cocker. Phil just lurks. We're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, <laughs> and we're on Facebook. So find us on all those various channels. Oh, and leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts too, because that's really important. Uh, yeah, quite a weekend of rugby. It was it was quite breathless actually. So, JB, I assume you've not quite caught up on everything. Tim, you will have watched a lot, uh, a good deal of it live as well. Yeah, well, I, quite often on those weekends when I'm busy working, and I was at three games working this weekend, I actually see less rugby than I would do if I was sat on my <laughs> sofa at home. Yeah, because you're travelling from point A to point B to point C. Quite. Yeah, so which games did you work this weekend, Tim? Bath, Exeter. Uh, Bath, Exeter, Northampton, Leicester and Worcester, Bristol. Wow. And I bet the best game by far of that lot was to Bristol. Uh, I think the, yeah, the, the Friday night was great and Sunday afternoon was great. Um, it was a great event and a great spectacle on Saturday and lots of money raised for Rob Horn. Uh, yeah. That was brilliant. That was like, that, that was the, the warm-hearted, great stuff that rugby does. I did feel like uh, an East Midlands derby at, at Franklin's Gardens would have had, would have been spicier, and the weather obviously didn't help. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's one of those things. You know, it's it's interesting how quickly history moves on, and you forget things. But a few weekend, a few weeks ago, I was interviewing Tom Wood about East Midlands derbies. There's been like four red cards. It's unbelievable. Mm. Incredibly spicy game. Well, mm. normally an incredibly spicy game. This one. A little bit less so, but there, there was there was some other brilliant games over the weekend. So, Tim, what was your pick of the weekend from the from the stuff, stuff that you did see? Oh, from the stuff that I did see, it's Exeter. Um, but I also on Ooh, the stuff that I watched on the on the um, on the on the telly, and I, I loved Munster Leinster. Really, really enjoyed. That. Oh, sorry, Leinster Munster. Really enjoyed that, and. They didn't pull out put, put out totally fully loaded sides, but they they put out a lot of good players, and it's just ridiculous the depth. Adam, <laughs> not Adam, Ross Byrne, fly half for Leinster was was outstanding. Yeah, it's quite incredible depth. Um, they seems to have got rid of Joey Corbury without really skipping a beat. Well, there's always someone pushing for places, isn't there? So there's all whoever is. Looking like a world beater, there's always someone right behind them, uh, pressing them on. Tim? Yeah, we're looking like a world beater as well. James Lowe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, Which is ir- irritating. Well, no, 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 not irritating. I don't begrudge him. I don't like that he's going to become an Irish international. Pretend- In a way, I don't no. like that, that some England internationals are becoming in- England. It's Denny Solomona, for example. But What? Pon- but I don't begrudge. But I don't begrudge the player. He's a Pontefract lad. Um, <laughs> now, uh, James Lowe. There's more to this than meets the eye, isn't there? Because he came over. He's got. He's got. Has he got something? It's, I think it's an arthrit- arthritic yeah. type condition. Yeah. So it's not so, quite as straightforward as it is. Like I've given up on the All Blacks. I'm off to Ireland. It's. Kind of, it's more like. Well, you need the money now. Yeah, there is that reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, he needs to be in a place where he can play maybe one in three games if he needs to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And a big money move at his early... It's still early in his career, but every 
kind of season could be his last potentially. So exactly. So let's not begrudge James. Some Trump. of uh, the reason I mention that is because some of the people on uh, on various Twitter conversations were saying, "Oh, the All Blacks they must have uh, he- you know great back three options if they can get rid of James Lowe." And I don't think it is actually quite the fact that they got rid of James Lowe, or that they actually have better options than James Lowe. It's just more the personal situation. Situation is one thing. Personally, I don't think he would get into the uh, no, All Blacks back three. No, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Uh, it's a few. It's a few injuries. Uh, Several injuries. I don't know. I think it's just right place, right time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fine. But it, it was impressive anyway. And uh, and sticking with Ireland for a second, Connacht's grounds getting redeveloped, which is yeah. a really nice um, point when you look at the fact that it was only a few years ago the IRFU were looking to can Connacht and it was only a really spirited um, defence of their survival by a lot of people in the west of Ireland that means that they're there at all. Indeed. Well, are they moving away from the ground or are they redeveloping it? Redevelopment. Redeveloping it. Right, so that ground is owned by the Dog Racing Club of Ireland or something ridiculous. So first <laughs> and foremost... That, the picture that I've seen of the, of the new ground looks very AJ Belly. Perfect! <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome <laughs> news for, for them. It does look a bit AJ Belly. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to fill it a little bit better than uh, Salford or Sale. Uh, you mean Sale, which is sold out every 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 match this season at corporate? Okay. I was going to say there's been a few been... empty seats. Well, yeah, the corporate's <laughs> been sold out every every game this season, so uh, I don't know what you're talking about. So it is owned by uh, I've, I've just seen it somewhere. The Island Greyhound Board. That's the one, and they're going to develop a twelve thousand seater stadium. With new high performance centre for dogs uh, adjacent to the back of it, so that's a strength and conditioning centre. Hang on, Ham. <laughs> I know I've just sort of made that joke anyway. We'll make it again. Yeah. Uh, it is a high performance centre for humans, right? It 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 is not specific. <laughs> it does say like so, tiny treadmills for dogs and weights 12, and twelve thousand capacity stadium, new high performance centre. And <laughs> Greyhouse, Greyhound Racing Track. So ah, it, it's nutrition the, the, high, the high performance centre is sandwiched between <laughs> the 12,000 seater stadium, which is 12,000 seats for fans, and the Greyhound Track. Ah. So you, who knows? I, I think having won the, I think having won the Pro 12 the other year, they could legitimately call it a high performance centre now. Come on! Oh yeah, yeah, uh, we're humans. A human high performance. Oh, centre. yeah. Well, I mean, it just means that they can't uh, can't can't resign Stuart Alden because they're only allowing really good boys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right. I, I just I don't know. I just want to uh, touch on something that we we did oh. at the very end of last week's Mammoth podcast. Yes. We were talking. I think the the, the money with Joe Marler came up, and we were talking about the, uh, probably three hundred thousand pounds he's turned down for the next year, mm-hmm. and that that somehow worked into a hashtag would JB and to try and test what <laughs> JB would do for £300,000. And there's only so one thing I found out I wouldn't do for £300,000 of all those questions. <laughs> <laughs> would you... Uh, thank you for everyone that, that sent them in. Um, would you have an MMA match with Steve Diamond after a sale defeat? Uh, yeah, fine. Do that. Would you be the Worcester Academy House tissue picker-upper? <laughs> 300000 Yeah, go on then. I'll do that. <laughs> Uh, would you <laughs> kick the penalty that relegated Sale, knowing the Premiership would be ring fenced from that point on? I'd do that. Woo. Yep, no would problem. You, would you use jazz hands at the next Sale game? No problem. Instead of clapping? No, I don't clap anyway. I'm, I'm a neutral. Would you perform a hacker with the New Zealand team? 
Yeah, maybe. Mm, a bit more tricky now. And then this one, a few variations of this one came in. Would you vote Labour? Yeah, yeah, fine for 300,000. The one I wouldn't do, the one I found absolutely mortally offensive is, would I put the initials BB at the end of my Twitter handle? And I absolutely <laughs> wouldn't do that. A man's got to stand for something. So would, would you also give Stephen Jones a foot rub? Uh, yeah, go on then. For 300,000, yeah, yeah, fine. Do that. Uh, All right, so I, I don't know how much you want to go into games. Like, there's a couple. One, the injuries seem to have featured heavily this weekend. So, should we just run down who's uh, in the physio room and, and just touch on those? Because Marlon Yard had an absolute horror injury. JB and I were just watching the the game tape before we dialed in. Tim, it looks like he'll be out for some time. That, that's season ending from my initial assessment. Yeah, having, having watched it twice. Uh, I think you're probably right there, mate. Uh, I think you're pro- probably right. And you know that that was a bad one. Uh, Sam Kane's broke his neck. Yeah, um, that's obviously that's, a bad. That, one. that sounds. I mean, obviously that's not good. That sounds absolutely horrific when you see the headline. Yeah. And then you read is he he it's a it's a fracture. No n- nerves aren't involved here at all. Yeah, I know. But just to join up the dots a little bit, like it's just. So uh, you know some high-profile injuries on this on a weekend as well, where they're you know doing a game for a guy whose career has been ended by a very severe injury. It just sort of rings rings a little bit more true. It does, yeah. It does put the spectacle uh, Northampton versus Leicester at mm. uh, Twickenham does put it all into perspective when you see injuries as bad as either the the yard or the Sam Kane one. Yeah. Um, any any others you want to uh, you want to mention, Tim? Uh, so Dan Robson has got a midterm injury, probably going to miss the rest of the calendar year or most of certainly the autumn internationals, which mm. is a shame for him. Yeah, that that is a blow. Um, yeah. Uh, Lavanini's got broken ribs after Pocock stamped on his stamped on him uh, some old school rucking. Uh, okay. And uh, Johnny May, he's injured, oh, not yes. too bad. Johnny May came off uh, Shul- holding his arm. Shoulder, yeah. But yeah. He'll miss a couple of weeks. He'll miss, he'll miss the Champions Cup matches. Should He's looking like he should be fit for Autumn Internationals. But he came off the field, not only injured, but looking like a smurf. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did notice he had a bit of blue on his face. <laughs> that, now, was, that was a one shame. One of our listeners to the pod, and also um, Exeter Chiefs fan and an all-round uh, good egg Steve Parrott. Uh, his suggestion, I think, is the right one when he says that we shouldn't allow paint sponsors to paint their logo on the pitch. If if um, sponsors want to have their commercial logo on a pitch, it should be arranged in flower beds. Oh, very nice. <laughs> yeah, I quite like that. Then, no, they wouldn't have this situation of... It will happen in the Autumn Internationals. England shirts will be all kinds of colours 10 minutes into a game. Um. How odd would it be to grow coloured grass, by the way? I imagine that's a fairly straightforward thing to do. I mean, you can colour flowers, can't you, with the right sort of watering? And you can even actually make birds turn turn colour if you feed them the right stuff. Uh, So, I don't know this. Uh, I'm certainly no expert. But surely it needs to be green for photosynthesis. I was just thinking that. Hmm. A friend of mine once um, drank so much creme de menthe that his pee was green. <laughs> that's a, that's amazing. Genuinely amazing. <laughs> creme de menthe is a pretty vivid green as well, isn't it? 
Yeah. They, <laughs> there you go. They, so they're they're the injury highlights. Um, yeah, or low lights. Low lights. Well, I tell you what, just a brief a brief little breakout discussion there. God, I sound like I'm at some uh, team building event. Is that a breakout um, group? Hold on a second, sorry. Yeah, it's all right. Um, sorry, I just had to check something. Um, sorry, no, it sounds <laughs> like some breakout thing. I sound like I'm talking at, um, what's it called, uh, like a, a team away day. But you mentioned Sam Kane. Let's talk about what is starting to be, be mentioned more and more and more as the next... Thing to clamp down on in terms of injuries and player welfare and safety. The rock. The um. Yeah, it is, and you can tell because people like Ben Ryan are starting to talk about it now. And you he, know, Ben Ryan has been talking about this for a number of years, actually. Yeah, so I, I guess they make some solid points, and you know, the Kane injury was from, from that. There's been loads of high-profile cases from rucking. They've sort of tried to clear it out. I seem to remember Reese Webb getting. A rather nasty injury pre-World Cup. Um, who was the other one that was fairly famously injured? Jean, Jean de Villiers. Jean de Villiers. Uh, so all the rotational and talky stuff is pretty much gone now. Uh, but rucking is an incredibly hard thing to do and stay on your feet continuously. That's the first thing that, that, that would say. The second thing I'd say is, you know, they sort of play fast and loose with the rules. And it's much more outcome-based than anything else. So one ruck which does no damage to an individual will not be officiated as if it's dangerous and then a ruck which does do damage to an individual will be officiated as dangerous even though they could be exactly the same technique exactly the same ruck but the outcome is different so they that point that there is wild massive inconsistency of the way that rooks are refereed both um from referee to referee but also within an individual game mm. i think if you if you pinged if you pinged Every single potentially uh, penalty offence in a game, you would it'd be a penalty every five minutes. Yeah, it would be. It'd be more. Would be actually. It'd be way more frequent than that because the number of people who are either on the defensive side not supporting their body weight and going for the ball, or not releasing the tackler going for the ball, and from the offensive side, just the number of people who fly in at all sorts of angles, yeah. off their feet, contact with head neck area. Now, I, all, I, all of that, I think the game as it is does work quite well. Because yeah, I do referees well. generally let things flow. However, there are some horrendous techniques. Um, Mostly used uh, by the All Blacks, to be fair. A, a lot used by the All Blacks, but a lot of other teams do it. There's a lot of horrendous techniques that don't get picked up ever. And then you see things like the uh, Ryan Bauer or Ryan Bower red card on Sunday for Worcester Warriors against Bristol, which prob- that probably does happen five or ten times a game, maybe, and this one got pinged and, and red-carded. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the the key ones for me when I think about how you deal with this moving forward, because I think I agree with you. Actually, it's largely all right, and bearing in mind how big these men are and how dynamic the movements are, it's actually a very, very low incidence of any issues. Well, I think the problem is, how do you keep Jackling alive, if you if you want to do well, that, right? Yes. And also keep everyone on their feet? Yes, because the, the what will happen is, as, as did happen when they first clamped down on this, the unintended consequence was people started the rolling technique. Yeah. 
So they've because obviously you need to find a way to get men off the ball. So that was the new technique, and then they've thought all the talky stuff. Well, that could be really bad for spines and backs and stuff and, and necks. And so knees, we better we, knees, better, we yeah. better get rid of that. Yeah. Well, but the the, the 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 Will Hurrell Ryan Bauer one. I just want to touch on that one because actually, I had sympathy with Ryan Bauer because he was he was clearing out a guy. Now so many people went. He led with the shoulder. I don't know what <laughs> other part of his body he's supposed to lead <laughs> That's with going into a yeah. run. And also, he they went, well, he hit Will Hurrell on the head. Yes, he did. But just get yourself in the position where you are Ryan Bauer running at a ruck. All you can see is Will Hurrell's shoulders facing you and head. So, and that's it. Think it's, it's, it's like going through a letterbox. Yeah. And, and so I'm not saying that I don't think it was a red card. I'm OK with it. My point being on that one is Wayne Barnes said a couple of times, right, leave it, leave it, get off, get off leave it didn't blow up didn't say penalty advantage and so ryan bauer went, oh, i've got to deal with this then smash so i would actually say preventative refereeing is the way to stop stuff like this happening yeah it's a tricky one because if you just think of the physics i mean i was gonna say science but i don't i don't use science it's not really a big issue but <laughs> if you're tackling and you're upright and then someone goes low yeah we get we get it one guy's low one guy's high lack, lack of you know head contact perfect great if you think about a ruck, everyone is low to the ground, the shoulders are facing forward. It's very, very difficult. So I guess the easy workaround is for referees to very quickly decide what the outcome of that ruck is, whether that be a penalty or the other team have won it, and then you can decide to, you know, fan out or not attack the ruck or do what do whatever you you know, whatever else you want. The only problem with that is I just wonder, you know, are you then leaving players open to you know multiple phases of defence after defence after defence, and how do you get the ball back? That's the other thing. So the the one thing I would like to change is, and it, it probably um, aligns with your point, Tim, about the the refereeing, but it, it's it's uh, probably more stringent refereeing of the jackler, so the defensive player who's jackling. So you often get. Jackling players either with their hands on the floor or their hands not on the ball on the player. Yeah. So when you're trying to clear out someone who's holding the player, you're not trying to clear out 16 stone, you're trying to clear out 32 stone. Yeah. Well, that's what I coach is like if you are clearing out a player, right? If you're protecting your own ball as the attacking rucker, you hold hold on on. to the guy on the floor for dear life because you can't be moved. So I think. And it's not going to be easy to do, but if you can if you can stop it so it, it's the weight of two players, so it's just the weight of one player, then it is easier to blow that guy off the ball. Yeah, blow past him. I but think th- that'll be very well, difficult. Watch, I'm, to... I'm sure this is going to be a talking point in uh, yeah. weeks and months to come because you know, the, I think if there's one thing I've noticed, it's that that it, it's a creep. It is a, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to be a. Just let the boys play. I'm not saying that because I do care about player welfare, but it's like, okay, we've sorted that one right. What what else can we regulate? What yeah. else can we, it's like if we do, bring laws yeah. into store? It's like if we do an injury audit, there'll always be something which tops the injury audit. <laughs> there, there always will be. Uh, yeah. And if not, it'll be the, there'll always, always be something that's next highest. Yep. Yep. Quite. So, uh, I mean, that's the, that's, that's the way it goes. So, so that, that is, that is going to be coming um, down the line. So there'll be plenty more times to talk about this, I'm sure. Uh, right, OK. I just want to move this on. Who thought Bristol Bears w- w- were going to win on the weekend? Because I certainly did. I thought it was going to be close. 
well, sort of close. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember what I can't even remember what I predicted. Was it fifty seven was it fifty two seven? Fifty two seven. I think I might have predicted uh fifty two seven, yeah. I, I think I went for that. <laughs> Tell you Worcester Warriors, right? I just don't really get this club. Because they do spend money. They they've always you know, like they bought they bought in uh Hugard or whatever his name is. Hugard. Hugard. You know, they, they, if the guy is available, they're willing to spend the money. It feels like they have to go on a on a winning streak of one game, and they fill out the stadium. The, the fans <laughs> are, su- are super passionate. Like, why is it not better? And is this the start of something better? Uh, to so off the field, they've got new ownership now. Uh, Still, D- Dave Seymour. Yeah. Uh, well, no, he's just. He's just I, know, I know. I know. No, no, I know. But he's yeah, a non-exec involved, but... on the rugby side. Yes, quite. So, but the the the, the guy. I'll... I think there's a lot of Warriors fans that are waiting to see how this pans out before they get too excited because of the, at this point, lack of information about where the money exactly is coming from, what the plans exactly are, and a a bit more detail about the people that are involved who, there are, how should we put it, there are some questions that people who support Swindon Town Football Club would want answered and things like that, for example. Oh, right. Is this guy from Swindon? Is he Swindon Town? No, well, yeah, he's, he's come from Swindon Town. He's a Swindon Town owner. Anyway, the point is, there's. I don't think anyone's counting chickens till they've hatched. However, yeah. yes, the answer is yes. It could be the start of uh, something turning around. And the one thing you can say is, as you say, they've got really, really good players. You, you talk about them spending money. Do you know what? Guess how many... Um, ben Teo's been there for, what, this is his third season? Uh, yeah, so what's that, like, nearly a million pound a game that they the, 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 the paid him? <laughs> Uh, £49,000 a game per premiership game. What? He gets paid double for playing for Worcester than he does for England. (laughs) (laughs) In the premiership, that is. That's amazing. Uh, He's he's been paid, yeah, half a million pounds a year. He has made 21 Worcester premiership. He's not even their best centre. Ryan Mills is. (laughs) And then Venter's pretty handy. He's not even their best inside centre. No. <laughs> well, well, briefly, that's the next one. You know how I said last week how oh, it's annoying me. Um, I don't mind people clamouring for someone to get into an England squad, but you have to say who you drop because you can't have seventy people in your squad. Yeah, the yeah. number of people that that. I mean, he had a great game. Uh, I've been talking people. about Ryan how, Mills. How has Eddie Jones not picked Ryan Mills? It's ridiculous. Uh, how has he not picked Ryan Mills in the England squad? I've been speaking. I've been talking about Ryan Mills for the best part of, yes. 18, of eighteen months. Yeah, but who would you drop out of the England squad to get him in? Owen Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just trolling people. Uh, I'm only joking, Twitter. <laughs> um, so this game, not don't want to go into too much detail because we've already uh, spoken about it quite a, a bit. I was watching this thinking, Worcester have targeted this probably since last season. They They've targeted this fixture... Because they had an answer for everything that Bristol did. So you know how Bristol are going to play. And they tried to play it. They wanted to attack, yep. from, attack from everywhere, keep the ball alive, keep things forward, keep things moving forward. And Worcester's defence, so they read it without having a really aggressive push. They kind of let Bristol do what they do, sit off. And then when they have to take it forward, they put them down and they targeted the rooks. So they didn't compete at every rook. but They targeted rooks when Bristol were a little bit stretched in attack and competed at those rooks and won ball or won penalties. And that creates a platform, but then just 
the the really impressive bit for Worcester was just how clinical they were. Mm. They and they've got the backs, they've got the outside backs to do it, uh, and inside backs when you count Weir and uh, who hard. Yeah, Weir's turning out to be a cracking signing. Um, yeah. We're living in a Duncan Weir universe now. Yeah, it, it, this is. <laughs> um, well, Tim pointed this out at the start of the season. I thought you might be on something here. Worried about the strength, strength of the pack. They've lost one guy to the NFL, one, uh, one, guy, one guy to Leicester Tigers. But I thought Darren two, Barry... Two guys to Leicester Tigers. Yeah, Darren, Darren Barry is good. Darren Barry's been solid all season. Just a good he was born carrier. and raised in Bristol, so that would have been... And then Marco Mamma had a great game Mama. again. Yeah, another Brist- to Bristol. This was a massive game for individuals. It was a massive game for them as a team. They they rested up and made sure everyone was fit and dropped... Uh, you know, a load of guys weren't involved last week. And they did their homework. And yeah, like you say, Phil, they absolutely nailed it. And we'll leave Bristol really lacking. I mean, they need to be feeling confident to make their their game plan work. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I said about them last week. Like, what are they going to do when, once they get confident? Maybe they got overconfident. Well, I, I think I think that game plan is good. If unless you're executing it flawlessly, uh, and if you've got a defense that's reading it, it becomes more and more difficult to try and execute. And now, now that, that now that oh, the defense, I'm just going to say now defenses defenses know exactly what they've they've done. They are going to do because since day one, since the start of the season, they've not really, or I've not seen them have a plan B. Yeah, it's just more plan A, and even when it's and not, on that, not working. On exactly that, I I, I said to Pat Lamb uh, before the game, you're a known quantity now, so do you need to maybe vary the way you're playing? And he said the variation is in the way we play. It's it's built into the way we play. And then after the game, I said, um. So something I can't remember exactly what it was, but but basically, you know, will do you think you you needed a plan B option for that for when it wasn't going right, when the handling was when the ball was being dropped, when the rocks weren't going? Did you need a plan B? He said, no, no, it, it's very much like no, the plan B, the variations, they're all built into what we do. Do you know what? I think he's right because it's like when people say, do New Zealand need a kicker? Like, no, we don't need a kicker. We'll just carry on doing what we do. And I think Bristol will be absolutely fine. I think the way that they play will lend itself to the occasion, the occasional beating. But there'll also be a lot of teams which they didn't expect to. Which then makes me think, who on earth is going to go down? Oh, well, shall we, shall we move to another game then? The other basement battle at the AJ Bell, where yeah. Sale came out 20 points to 7 victors. And I am genuinely stunned by this result. I am... What's happened to Newcastle? Well, I tell you what has happened um, in... Two penalties to 17. Two penalties to 17 and two yellow cards to nil. And the yellow, the, the tries, the sale tries were all around those yellow cards uh, in the second half. Well, a, there is a lesson here, isn't there, for, for, uh, for anyone who plays rugby, which is if you intimidate referees enough, you will eventually get decisions your way. <laughs> so if there, you know, if you <laughs> if there's ever been vindication, it'd be this one. Um, <laughs> so you crediting Steve Diamond's uh, aggression towards referees? No, I'm not. I'm going to cut that out as well because <laughs> he's not. I just, oh, it's clearly a joke. It's, it's clearly a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> just a joke. Um, but New, Newcastle stunned. were Newcastle were in, ill-disciplined. They made some bad decisions. I think the first yellow card was definitely a yellow card. It was so stupid from Mullipola. 
the second yellow card, if it hadn't have been right on the try line, I don't think it would have been a yellow card. I think he kind of hit the chest and slid up. Mm. But the, but that meant you had... A, it was almost the minute that the Mullipola yellow card ended, you then had Mickey Young going off for 10 minutes, and that just killed them. Yeah, I, I honestly thought these two teams both need a win. One of them made the playoffs last year. The other one didn't finish so strongly. It backs the wall time. I, w- I, I just thought Newcastle were going to do this. I'm amazed they didn't, actually. Yeah, me too, to be honest. But they, they couldn't... So, who, so who is going down then? Come on then. Let, let's, who is going down? Uh, who would you say? Well, it's not Cause... Newcastle. It's not Sale. I said it wasn't Bristol. It's not Worcester. <laughs> if, it's, if it's not one of those teams. Northampton so... would be next, maybe. <laughs> Northampton well, po- possibly are. Honest answer I mean, is... it could go all the way up to Harlequins. I think, I think until Christmas, and probably even after Christmas... Until the Six Nations, every, after every single re- result, you're going to look at it. Like like this Worcester versus Bristol hammering. You're going to look at it and say, oh, I think they're going down. Yeah. But then the next week, so next time Premiership uh, comes back in a couple of weeks' time, I bet you I, I back Bristol to beat almost anyone, apart from maybe the top two. Yeah, uh, I think day. Um, and get a result. Five, five or six weeks' time. Five it, weeks, maybe, till. Is, it, is, back, it, yeah. is it not 32 days until the next Premiership game? Oh, 39 days. 13, yeah, so it's 36 days in that Premiership game. Um, right, well, I've got a question for you. Yeah, it's 16th of November. There you go. Oh, so long to wait. And Bristol host Exeter, so maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I take that back. Good luck, boys. Um, here's a question for you, then. Imagine a different universe, right, where Exeter Chiefs and Saracens no longer exist. Who are the top four teams in England at the moment? So... You wanted to take the twelve teams in the league, delete two, delete two, no replace, Be- no yeah. replacements. Because quite frankly, it's just not fair if you include them. Well, they're, they're both six from six. Exeter, fairly routine win in the end. Saracens came from behind against a very spirited uh, Quinn side. Mm. But yeah, okay. So number one team in this alternative universe, I think it was. I... <sighs> You know, they've been sort of lucky in some respects, beating Worcester the way that they did. Um, I thought, yeah, they beat Sale pretty hands down. There's another one they... Oh, Newcastle. Newcastle away, where they snuck it at the end. So their season could look very different. It could too. I think Gloucester Gloucester and Bath, I think, have been quite good so far. But Bath fell apart against Exeter. Yeah, and they didn't really have much an excuse to. Well, yes, at least they were competitive. I mean, they weren't competitive against Saracens. But uh, they were competitive against Exeter right until the end, when they just well, blew it. La- yeah, last 20 minutes or so, they fell apart. But I think a full-strength Bath squad would be in the mix for top two. I think I'm going to give a very similar cop-out answer to the relegation one, which is, after every game... You're going to say so, like Gloucester's performance against Wasps was brilliant, mega, superb, led by Cipriani, who is truly exceptional. The the little but, cross, but, sorry, uh, but last couple of weeks Gloucester have had awful results. They've yeah. been hammered a couple of times. So I, it's all down to that pack. They got the, the pack bullied Wasps at the weekend, and then Cipriani was able to do what he does. The weeks prior to that, Gloucester got bullied a bit in the pack, and Cipriani couldn't do what he does. It's mm. as simple as that. Yeah. Well, yeah, That just let's uh, give him some more praise. That little deft grubbery type thing that he did. 
I mean, that was like just a guy playing a different sport to other people. <laughs> Seeing different things. Yeah, just so casual about it. You're just uh, fed up of running. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty certain he could have run in there. He's so... Just, just got a bit tired. He's so bored with all his average rugby and all average people <laughs> around him. Nonchalantly kicks it away. Oh, and then scores, scores a try. Who, who would your top four be, Jay? I think Leicester Tigers are going to come good. I think Bath are going to come good. Wasps and Gloucester, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I've got those, I've got those four. I can't, I'm, I'm happy with that. The table, does, the table doesn't quite reflect that right now, but... Uh, I, I don't think it'll be far off that. So it'll be those four competing for the last yeah. two. I, I think Leicester Tigers... Top four spaces. I think their changing, change of coach has helped. I think, although I've slammed their recruitment before, I think actually Dave, David Denton and... Spencer. Spencer. Oh, we've not seen him yet, have we? Well, we've seen him get red carded. Yeah, so yeah. And the other one as well. Who's the other one? Who's playing at seven and eight from Wasps? Guy Thompson. Thompson. I think they're quite smart pickups. Uh, they made a difference. Yeah, well, Agreed. I, I, we're all agreed on on those. I, I I just want to um actually before we get on to the next game, we should just have a quick shout to uh, the the game of the weekend between Old Streetonians and London Welsh. Oh yes, what amazing! A, what a game! Nil nil. Have any have either of you ever played in a nil nil? Played in a three nil. Ooh. I have played in a nil nil before. Have you? you? Wow. It was under 50, it was like under 15s Newbury Club and I, I can't remember whether it was it was Ben Ryan coaching Chinna Chinna or Chippenham in biblic, biblically bad weather and the old Newbury Rugby Club before the lovely one they've got these days used to be the the pitch we used to play on on a slope Oh amazing and, uh, It was it was it was a horrendous day but yeah that was 0-0 Oh well, 3-0 is bad enough I remember playing in a it was a 6-5 I think at Matlock this was like under 15s or under 16s in like a national cup I've definitely had a 6-5 before and it was it was over Christmas and driving to Matlock from Manchester over the the tops through Derbyshire and there was this like uh, horse and cart with a Santa Claus on it <laughs> it, were held up, it felt like hours we were held up behind this thing and we got there it's freezing driving rain one of the worst games I've ever played in well, I played a second team po- game for Broughton Park last year in the, uh, against Sambach, and like it was, I can't believe we played it. Actually, you know, in today's day and age, it, it was like sideways sleet. It was covered, the ground was covered in snow, and the whole our whole strategy was not to let Sambach know that we were cold, not not to react <laughs> to the cold, just act like you act like you're not bothered, and we lost. <laughs> Good strategy. Yeah. Well, I got it from Tom Brady. Uh, I think he went out to warm up for his first Super, Super, Super Bowl without... Was it Super Bowl? Well, he used to warm first, up... First like, Leicester Tigers training session. Yeah, sorry, that's on Brady. No, the other one. Uh, where he, he, I'm sure he used to, to warm up uh, without any thermals on just to show how hard he was and it didn't bother him. <laughs> and he kept, kept pulling hamstrings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, we need to talk about uh, Saracens Harlequins as well because that was quite a tussle. That was a great game. Not th- so great game as in it was so niggly. There was so much like bite and uh, abrasiveness from both sides. I really How do you think that game would have gone across with the American audience? Good question. Oh yeah. So this it? was a record breaking game in that it was the first free to air game shown on in, in the USA. 
So it was a later game UK time for the USA audience. It was free to air on NBC. I think I'm right in saying. Saturdays in America are, are all about college football, isn't it? That's like a, that's like a religion there. Yes. Yeah. It was competing with that. So I'm just I'm curious. I'm be interested to see how it got on. So the, there were some very big hits. There was not too many exciting tries. Um, the Joe March and try was uh, confusing rather than exciting. The the kick held up in the wind. Right. So I've got some interesting stats for you. Are you ready for this? Okay. Okay. <laughs> How many tackles did Chris Robshaw make? Uh, it was, well, I think it was initially 28. I think it's actually been up to have up, up, upped it to 30. Oh, wow. Well, I've got 28 here. But do you know why that, that's, in, that's impressive for me? Because do you know how many, how many carries Billy, Billy Vanapola had? 28. 28 yeah. on and the Billy nose. Vinopola, yeah, and Billy Vanapola made three tackles. Yeah, and by the way, Chris Robshaw, four carries. So if Ops going to upgrade Billy's tackles, and they basically played against each other. <laughs> well, they're only yeah. allowed to tackle each other. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, the most amazing thing is about Billy V's performance. 28 carries, only 70 metres. So he's had a tough... I mean, I love that. I love that for so, that stuff for so many reasons. And he got 20 of them on his try. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, he's got his try. He picked the ball up about on the 22. So he's just gone out there and got hammered all day and not taken a backward step for 28 carries, which is incredible. And, and, then, and on the 69th minute, he fi- finally, finally finds a bit of room and scorches him from the 22. Oh, that's so good. So, And I also just love the fact that Chris Robshaw went out and made 28 tackles. I mean, maybe 30, if what Tim's saying is true. I, I just love those levels of commitment. That's, that, to me, is more exciting than anything. And those two, they did epitomise both teams' performances because Harlequins, we, we have joked numerous times at their expense about their defensive frailties and their weak mental edge when it comes to defence. And there was none of that here. I mean, Saracen's only scored that one try yeah, but where right is, at the end. Where is this Harlequins? This, this is, like, yeah, this, well, this is my issue with this. And I'll, I'll, I'll link this to another game. Harlequins always raise their game against Saracens. Yes, that's true. That, that should be, if they can do it against Saracens, they can do it every week. And I'd also say, linking the two, and you talked about the mentality, I just wonder if there's actually a chink in the armour there in the fact that they they need to play their big rivals that they they put so much emphasis and focus on to to draw out that level of performance and baths another one i was i was shocked coming away from the wreck at how how much bath accepted losing yeah it, it, there was a, there was a mentality of like well we did some good things it was all right it's like no you played a, an underperforming exeter team at home do you think there's an element and with Bath though that you lost convincingly that they feel sorry for themselves when they get a few injuries? I don't think anyone's. Well, no, I think no, I just, you know, as a team, like I, there's that Saracens no. mentality a few years ago, wasn't there? I mean, it's kind of drifted a little bit now, but it's always like next man up. Hey, you know, if that guy goes down, we'll plug in this guy and we'll just carry on. Regardless, I tell you, used to do that brilliantly. Was Leicester Tigers? Leicester Tigers used to win over. The um, I mean, I'm talking 10 years ago now. Or maybe yeah, it's a long time ago. But that's what they used to do. It was like, all oh, right, okay, well, he's gone down, we'll get him. Uh, and they'd even yeah, win but... over the international 
And I just think that Bath feels sorry for themselves. Yeah, you contrast. Uh, Todd Blackadder is a lovely, lovely, lovely man, very open, very honest. Um, but he was kind of making the noises. I wanted to see him be really angry and cheesed off that they didn't that they didn't win that game. Mm. Take it, that was an opportunity missed. They were really annoyed at how that panned out. And on the side, Rob Baxter comes out of the game going, we need to step up. We've got to get better by next week or we're going to come a cropper in Europe. And the fact that those are the noises, I thought it was really telling. And I think the same when I look at Quinns, why why aren't they demanding more of themselves more often? Yeah, I think you know when it's a good team because the guys who are not playing, when they do get a chance, do really, really well. I think that, that was a problem with Leicester last year. I think it's a problem with Bath this year. You know, you've know, got to have that strength throughout the squad and you've got to have, got to have people pushing other other people. I think too too many times now I'm hearing Bath fans and people around Bath just saying, well, you know, we've got this guy injured and that guy injured. And you know, obviously, they're, I mean, they're big players, Jonathan Joseph, Anthony Watson. You know, they're not inconsiderable players, but you've got to move on. Yeah, Exeter and Saracens would deal with guys like that missing. Yep. Much, much better. Agreed. But, Mark, on to the positives for Quinns. That, that incredible uh, assist from Marcus Smith... Oh, you know, think... just getting the get, getting the pitching wedge out and and aiming for the aiming for just the right of the post as he did. If they can score Magic a try, Marcus. yeah. If they can score maybe three or four tries like that every single week, they'll win some games. God, I'm looking. Yeah. I'm looking at the missed tackles for Harlequins and like, don't think did they miss any? Well, there's a couple <laughs> of guys that got two missed tackles, and that was the absolute limit. That's it's astound- yeah. that is astounding. Yeah, same. Uh, and to be fair, same for Saracens. Saracens too. It did. It did reflect the conditions because, uh, to an extent, because Saracens didn't play the free-running, offloading, distributing rugby that they did a week earlier, where Alex Good was running absolutely everything and taking people on and throwing offloads round the back and all the rest of it. They kept it tighter because the conditions dictated. Hmm. Yeah. Pretty- yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna. I. I don't like looking at stats that they're an indicator but I don't like drawing conclusions from them because as Phil said you know oh there wasn't many missed tackles that means they've done a really good defensive job it's well no disagree it had been been raining all day long they kicked it constantly there was very little um, clean breaks but that was more to do with the conditions than the than the than a, a particularly strong defensive effort hmm I I Definitely agree on in this instance. Uh, some other results, because that's pretty much the Premiership wrapped up. Do, do we all agree? Oh, sorry, Gloucester, we've mentioned that they they beat Wasps. Ham- hammered Wasps. Very, very good win. Cipriani. Cipriani, Cipriani, Cipriani. I think we've told this story before in past weeks. One uh, thing I want to mention in relation to the, to the bat. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact. 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. ...game was, and in terms of the laws, Ooh. do we need to let the boys play a little bit more when it comes to deliberate knock-ons? I, I don't no. want to see yellow cards for deli- these quote-unquote deliberate knock-ons. I, absolutely and fundamentally disagree with you here. So I want the knock-on eliminated, right? <laughs> Gone. Oh, yes. Okay? But if it's a deliberate knock-on and it's a try-scoring opportunity, that to me is a clear yellow card. I think... So yellow cards are almost automatic, I think, when the team has got the ball and someone commits a penalty inf- infringement within five metres of their own line. Uh, you know... Just straight away, and all... well, just just back up a little bit because I because I agree with you. Deliberate knock-ons should be dealt with. They're cynical. They're um, they're cheating. And yes, I'm okay with the yellow card for that. But Rocker Daguni, yeah. Like, basically, my my issue with my issue with the way it's officiated at the minute is yellow cards are being given out for instinct, millisecond instinct skills and motor memory that's been drilled into these players since they picked up a rugby ball. Mm. You see the ball, oh, I can get it. You reach for it. You might not actually <laughs> yeah. catch it. But to, to go for the, to go to actually yell a card and penalise that, I, I I just think is absolutely well, fundamentally there, wrong. There is... Deliberate knock-ons where you like slap it down. Yeah. Absolutely. There, uh, there is like one of those weird things, like one of the conditioning, one of the conditions of giving a yellow card is was it a realistic chance to catch it? Now, I would argue, right, of all the people in the world who are going to be good at judging, is it a realistic chance to catch it? Are the professional rugby players? <laughs> like, if they decide to go for it, it is actually what, what they do for a living. You know, it is then, they, therefore they realistic. They weren't far away from catching it, were they? <laughs> yeah. He's got his fingers to the ball and he's a professional athlete. There's a good <laughs> chance he could catch it. Well, that, that's, Tim, I think your point is spot on. It is not officiated, or in general, it is not officiated whether it was deliberate or not. It was. It is officiated uh, whether they had any reasonable chance yeah. of catching that ball. And the Rocco, I don't think he deliberately intended to hit it to knock it on. I think he went for it, knowing that he had a chance of getting the ball, no, albeit quite a slim chance and, given that position. And the other great one as well is if it's a yellow card. Did he slap it down or did he slap it up? I mean, well, that, that's... Cause it, <laughs> what? Because there's... Um, in, I think it was Australia or England last year. Yeah. Kurtley Beale slapped down. Yeah. Slapped the ball down, but then sing- signalled to the referee that he was trying to slap it up. <laughs> I mean, like, if you can slap it down, why can't you slap it up with equally as little intention <laughs> to catch it? I, 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 it's bizarre. Wait, wait, wait. I, I, almost, I just... I want to get, like, a... Like a neuroscientist in as a pundit, just to explain because um, because basically what Rocco Daguni did that without any conscious thought. It was all unconscious instinct because it happened in milliseconds, a fraction of a second. Yeah, yeah. And and so to then officiate and yell a card, instinct and muscle memory and just it's like it's like um, if I you know. If someone went for you with a fist, you'd flinch. 
You haven't thought not, about not, that. Not me, mate. Deliberate flinching, JB. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the laws say. I, I haven't read the laws, okay? But well, it, just the name, deliberate knock, knock on. Yeah, it's, it's just. It, I it's, guess it's how they. It's how one they, of the few. It's one of the few areas of rugby where you need to judge intent. Yeah, literally knock on. Uh, so maybe that is maybe. So, I think it's if that's how you're going to officiate it, the law should be changed. It shouldn't be called deliberate knock on. It should be called uh, knock on. With no real, oh, with no reasonable opportunity to, to knock on severe to catch the ball. Yeah, oh, Un- unlikely catch hyphen knock on. Yeah, and that doesn't no. seem like the sort of the sort of um, offence got... that should be worthy of a yellow card. Well, but anyway, unlikely catch could go against you as well because, of course, if it was your own teammate making that pass, <laughs> the unlike, uh, unlikely catch knock on could also come into play. True. Yeah, don't want that. A fafter clerk missed three into touch. Oh dear God! <laughs> oh, by the way, back in yellow, Manchester. Yellow card, Denny. You're yellow carded. You didn't get anywhere near that. Gone. Uh, Faf, oh, Faf is back. You'll be delighted to know. Delighted. Delighted. Well, I, as are most of the English rugby watching population, right? Shall we? Shall we touch? Use that to touch on the South African New Zealand game. Didn't really see yeah. it. Yeah. So you tell me about it. So it was a 32-30 win for for New Zealand. That tells virtually none of the story. So South Africa had a 17-point lead with 20 minutes to go oh. and managed to blow it from that position. Now, South Africa did a lot of things right. Uh, the two centres, Creel and Dialandi, both exceptional going forward. They got yards, they controlled the game, their set-piece was good, their pack looked good. A lot of their defence looked good. Faf was generally exceptional, disrupting Aaron Smith. Mm. He blew he blew an unbelievable try scoring opportunity by passing uh, a two man miss pass when there was only one man on down the blind side oh. and hit the cameraman. And it was <laughs> there was one of his players on the blind side and about four New Zealand defenders. He went blind. He missed the first man and hit the cameraman. Incredible. Uh, there are pros. And, there are pros and cons to being a great genius. <laughs> um, but South Africa just crumbled, and New Zealand at the end. So Colby scored uh, fifty-nine minutes to, to make it a seventeen-point lead mm. with twenty minutes on the clock, and immediately Rico Ioane got that try, hit back, and then it was it fell. <laughs> It would have felt inevitable had we not seen New Zealand lose in similar circumstances the other week, but this time they didn't lose. Incredible. They I got mean, it right. It does make next year's, well, this year's, no, next year's World Cup, that group look a lot more competitive than people originally thought it was. The South Africa group. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. South Africa. Because these two won't meet again, will they, to the World Cup? Or will they play the championship and then the World Cup? I think they normally play a curtailed championship. So what a waste of time! Save the World Cup now, boys. Uh, I tell you, the South African players that I'm loving at the moment, probably since the England tour, is uh, Diante, uh, the other winger who wasn't playing, and Colby. Who I just think those boys can really play. Cheslin Colby, that's the boy. Yeah, he is. And good. They've, they've got Vermoulin off. He's in Japan, just getting revved up and ready, and as well, so eating a lot yeah. of sushi. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, he's on it. Speaking of Japan, actually, just um, one thing that I noticed from the week. Oh, you, you're, you're absolutely right. Your assessment was spot on, Phil. I've got very little to add, other than Richie Moanga gave more people reasons to clamour for him to to be starting. Yeah, in a fifteen that accommodates Bowden Barrett somewhere else. Yeah, he, he, he did look. He, he had a great. He had a great game. Um, but what, just the options they've got. What about Mackenzie? I thought he was the best fly half in, in the world. That was only three weeks ago. No, Moonga. It's all about Moonga. Yeah. Oh, can it's I just... all about Richie Moonga now. Can I just... No, I, I just... Go on. I just want to float something, right? So, this morning, or yesterday morning, our Egg Chasers England squad came out. Yes. Right, we probably don't remember this because we only did it a day ago. <laughs> yeah. Right, but um, it did. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 we did that one. We did that yesterday, yeah. Just yesterday. Right. God, it seems like so long ago. Doesn't it just? So much has happened. So, um, one of the things that I... I said, and no one else agreed with me, was I'd probably not take uh, Farrell as a 10, or maybe even at all, and I'd take Danny Cipriani. Oh, are we going down this again? No. What are you doing? Where are you going? I just want, I, I wanted to <laughs> ask you this question, right? Do you think that Owen Farrell is a better all-round rugby player than Bowden Barrett? Um, Interesting. So, uh, certain facets of his game, definitely yes. Yeah. Certain facets of his game, no. So, for example, two extremes are, he's nowhere near as fast as Bowden Barrett, but he can kick a hell of a lot better. Yes. They're, just, they're extremes and everything else kind of falls I mean, he's probably, more narrowly. He's probably a bit stronger. He probably can hit harder. Yeah. Is he as good a defender? Anyway. So, Barrett does get hidden a bit in defence. Well, the reason I ask this is because I've been mulling over... Owen Farrell for quite some time now, thinking, was I right? Was I wrong? And I, I knock him to the conclusion that he is probably a better all-round rugby player than Bowden Barrett. If you were just to concoct some tests for what rugby players do without playing a game. If you're going to do a, a FIFA, like one of those diagram things. Yeah, exactly. Where, yeah, yeah. But does it really matter how good of a rugby player you are if you're not as good, not as good, not as good a 10? And is Bowden Barrett actually that uh, really good 10? Or is he something else? Yeah, he's a very, very, very good 10. He's, and Owen he, Farrell is a very, 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 very good 10. He's a very good non-kicking 10, is Bowden, Bowden Barrett. Owen Farrell is a very good kicking 10, but his good bits are not, or some of his good bits are not quite as good as... Jesus. I would, I mean, yeah, I would say that... that, that well, here's the, here's the question. Again, I don't, we shouldn't take too long on this because we um, talked about Owen Farrell loads on the last podcast yeah. only yesterday. Um who would you, if you had to switch, if you had to have, hold on a minute, if you had the the choice of both of them in both squads, who would you start 10? Bowden Barrett. Because I actually both. think you'd start Bowden Barrett for New Zealand and possibly there's an argument you'd start Owen Farrell for England. Mm, that That's yeah. an interesting point, yeah, because of the way they play. I, I can't imagine Bowden Barrett getting any love. If he was English over here, he'd be he'd basically be like Danny Cipriani. <laughs> I mean, that isn't a joke either. I mean, Danny Cipriani's fast; he can pass a lot. Kicking is good. Probably no, let's not go yeah. down the Cipriani. Anyway. Come on, come on. <laughs> no, I, loads loads I, of other stuff we could talk about. I, we, I do are, have another point, right? We are struggling for time now as yeah. well. Tim, Tim, you are on the clock. The TMO shipping container runs out of juice in nine minutes. Yes, it does. Well, just just la, la, last thing, thing, thing on this, right? If I wore a New Zealand shirt between 9, not including 10, then to 15, right? I would have thought that one of those blokes 
one of them could kick. Or if not, and I was just on the fringes, say if I was, uh, I'm just trying to think now, uh, Anton Leonard Brown. Yeah. I would do nothing but, but practice kick, kicking. Kick, kick. That, that's kick. all I would do. I imagine a fair few of them have, have, have can, and do kick. Well, why don't they then? <laughs> it can't be any worse. 800% last week. Wow. Yeah. Ben Smith. Surely he can kick. Ben Smith can do everything. There you go. Including your tax return. Is that right? Absolutely. Amazing. <laughs> right. Uh, Here's one thing I noticed. You can have too much of a good thing. And Eddie Butler's uh, montage voiceover stints in rugby. He's been doing them on NFL for the BBC for a while now. Yeah, because that, that South Walesian sort of accent really goes down well, doesn't it, when you're commentating on you know, Texans <laughs> versus Raiders or something. Yeah. Real yeah. nostalgia. He's been doing it on World's Strongest Man. Okay. More. And then now, you mentioned Japan. He was on the Japanese Grand Prix for Channel 4 doing, a, doing an Eddie Butler-esque montage voiceover. Yeah, well, you know, it works for it works for rugby and Estedvod highlights, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, too much of a good thing there. Yeah. The other rugby championship game, did either of you see this? 11.40 uh, UK time kickoff. No, sadly not. I was very drunk by this time. So, I couldn't, I couldn't get a stream which worked Argent- in my hotel room in Worcester. Oh, really? What did you, you use the Academy House Wi-Fi? Or? The Academy House has got exceptional <laughs> Wi-Fi, Tim. Damn it! I didn't think of that. No, weird. That's the one thing I think about when, when I go to Worcester. It's all I think about <laughs> in the Academy Worcester. House Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, this was a truly remarkable game, the the ultimate game of two halves, where Argentina were thirty points to seven up at half time, twenty three points up at half time, and managed to completely blow it. And concede five unanswered tries in the second half. Oh, I know. Wow. I know. Wow. Now there were, and also Argentina have got incredible jinking, stepping, uh, just balanced runners. Yeah. And they've got no scrum. What has happened? <laughs> yeah. What has happened? Bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it was. It was a little bit bizarre. Um, it was an exceptional performance by Argentina in the first half. Sanchez and Matera looking brilliant. Buffelli also looking very good. Um, Sanchez went off and Lavanini went off and Argentina switched off. And a rousing uh, speech from Michael Checker by the looks of the, the in-changing room video meant Australia came out all guns blazing and just completely blew him away. So very disappointing for Argentina to throw that because they were looking phenomenal, uh, and it it could have been, it could have been, checker out had had they lost that had had that first half performance continued, and yeah. Argentina if they'd have kept it up they would have put sixty points past Australia. Uh, mm. That could have been game over for checker. Oh well, the check. Uh... Yeah, Checker uh, lives on. Um, he does. Shall we just do the game involving British, oh, British teams in the European Cup for next week? The Champions Cup. Champ- well, I can, uh, I, I, I've put um, 50p in the generator of the TMO shipping container. I've, I've probably got um, 
about 13 minutes. 13 minutes. 13 so, minutes. Brilliant. Yeah. All right. Let me uh, well, bring up the... Uh, let's go through Champions League. We'll do every game, but we, we can skip through anything that we... Uh, oh, crikey. Don't, well, don't particularly like. Well, Friday is an, is an absolute rocket of, uh, of a game. Leinster Wasps. I think this is going to be one-sided. Wasps win? No. We've seen, I, the, we've seen I, this before. No, no, hold on. There's, no, no, before we go any further, there's one game that Phil has managed to not talk about. <laughs> Come on. Oh, Ulster's first defeat at, at Ravenhill to Connacht in 58 years. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well spotted, Timothy. Yes. Uh, a very good Connacht performance. Uh, and... <laughs> Amazing Bundiaki try. An amazing Nick Timoney try, actually, uh, in, yeah. the, in the 80th minute to get a losing bonus point. But it doesn't look good for Ulster. But uh, it were beaten until last week. Yeah. and But not a good unbeaten, was it? No. What, what a way to turn unbeaten into very much beaten. What a way to turn the corner. Yeah. From top of the table got, to I've... fifth now in Conference yeah. B. God, there's some so fascinating... third from bottom in Conference B. There are some fascinating games. I've got games. a slight theory. I've got a little theory that the more effort teams have put into their try-scoring gifts on Twitter, <laughs> the worse they're performing. Oh, N- nice. Northampton. Northampton yeah. Saints. Yeah. I've uh, put mo- mo- loads of effort, but Ulster have put a lot of effort into theirs. Jacob Stockdale treating a rugby ball like a can of beer and knocking it back. Lad. Um, <laughs> who's the chap doing the rave? Uh, there's one guy who does the rave for Northampton using trowels. <laughs> have you seen that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have seen that. Uh, right. But, but, but on that social media one, Bristol Bears, they're a breath of fresh air on social media just for having a bit of fun. In they general. are. They're very, they're very funny, aren't they? I particularly yeah. enjoyed the Bath Gummy Bear tweet uh, first game of the season. Mm. Yes, and their and their Banksy one today was good. Oh yes, oh. I've I've just seen that actually. It's very very funny. I've not seen that. Have you seen Have you seen the Banksy video? I've seen the Banksy video. Excellent stuff. That really is excellent stuff. Uh, right, okay. Len- Leinster Wasps. Leinster, yeah. I'll, I'll be there for this. I'm well excited. Oh, oh. god damn it! What? Oh, what an excellent job. Um, yeah. Come on over. <laughs> it's unbelievable, over. isn't it? Do you want to get paid to go to this? Yeah, please. <laughs> Give me your money. Uh, all right, so we think Leinster, don't we? Uh, Leinster comfortably. All right. This, it, to me, is the best game of the weekend if it was 15 years ago. Bath versus Toulouse. Two of... <laughs> Powerhouses of Europe. Yes. I mean, Two dynasties. Di- exactly. Uh, the, the I most... still think this is a real glamour tie. It's got that history of romance. It's the one that's on Channel 4. So BT Sport are covering every single Champions League game. Mm-hmm. all, uh, uh, And there's one game every round on Channel 4 as well, which is, I think, fantastic for rugby that there's terrestrial rugby for the European Cup. And how good does it feel calling it the Heineken Cup again? It yeah, just feels right. it does, doesn't it? Heineken Champions Cup. So I, I basically think this... Uh... Dan Lyle is going to exchange tries with Fabian Palouse, but I think Intermax is going to have too much in the end, and it'll be Toulouse. 
I think, well, I don't forget, um, what's, his, what's his face? Um, oh, God, I've just brain farted the fly half. It was the South African fly half, high tackling, oh, swinging, uh, Bro- swinging army. Brock James. Butch, no, Butch James. No, Brock Brock. Butch James. Butch James. We have to yeah, go for... Butch James will mix it up a bit with their back row. Uh, I, 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 think, <laughs> I think we need to go for, further back. We've got to be talking about the Glanvilles and Cats, yeah. Tyndalls. Maybe even further back than Tyndall. Further back than Tyndall. Angus, Pre- Go- Angus Gardner. Bolshaw. Bolshaw. Yeah. That's yeah. how far back we've gone. No, 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 no. Matt Perry. Yes. yes. I remember the season when Matt Perry had to play fly half because they were so short. Oh, good good old days. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Nigel Redman and Martin Hag in the second row. Well, what are they going to do here, Bath? I mean, their first team, their first team pack is frightening. I don't know anything about Toulouse, so I don't know. Give it to Toulouse. We'll find out, and then we'll apologise for it on Sunday. Uh, Exeter Munster. Uh, give me Bath, by the way. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah give I'm going to go Bath. Home advantage. These French teams don't travel well. Good, good, good great cliche. Yeah. I'm, uh, sorry, I mean great... Uh, great analysis. Analysis, yes. yes. Quite. Exeter Munster. Exeter Munster. Now, this is a game. This is a tasty game. Exeter, with something to spare. I think Exeter as well. I love that they've been talking about this openly for weeks. Yeah, just it's uh, it's great. I, I love it, and they they are talking up how much Europe means to them. So they're putting themselves under pressure, and um, really, really excited to see how they get on. I'm expect- I think it's going to be a tasty, tasty game. I expect. I, I think Exeter will edge it but that's probably the game I'm looking forward to seeing the most out of the whole weekend actually yeah it's going to be electric I think which is interesting because I expect this will be a quite a low scoring affair do you think because they're they're two well suited teams as in relatively few star names definitely more than the sum of their parts superbly well drilled packs Uh, and I think they'll and two very good very well drilled defences so I think they will nullify each other to an extent. I think it'll be low scoring, but I think Exeter will grind it out. Mm-hmm. Montpellier, Edinburgh. Uh, oh, M- Montpellier. Yeah, at home. Montpellier. That's south. I, I looked at the Montpellier team. Uh, I think just this weekend, <laughs> actually. They're it, mostly South Africa. Enormous, enormous team. Mostly South Africa. Did you read Jim Hamilton's? Uh, article in the Times this week. No. Really interesting. When he went to Montpellier, he was saying that... Uh, I think he played Montpellier. Or was it cast? I'm going to say Montpellier. But pretend you know, pretend it is whichever, right? Unnamed French club. Unnamed French club, but I think it's Montpellier. He was saying that uh, like, they just didn't accept him because they just do things different over there. So he tried to lead the way in the gym. He started a rowing programme. Came in the next day, someone cut the wires on the rower so he couldn't do his, <laughs> couldn't do his rowing programme. Because that's just the way it is in France. Who needs physical fitness? Rugby is an art. Exactly. Um, so, oh. unless, unless you're South African. Yeah, who, well, who's got a better South African team? South Africa or Montpellier? It, it's probably not not far off, to it's be not, honest. It's not, is it? Uh, Ulster versus Le- uh, Leicester. Oh. At Ravenhill. Two <sighs> teams, no defences. Who's going to win? Two teams that have won the competition, but will will be right down the list of the bookies' odds to win a competition this year. 
They, they might even be out of the what? How many teams is it? Twenty teams. Yeah. That that if they might even be in the bottom four or five with yeah, the bookies. It wouldn't surprise me. I I would put the way Ulster are playing now. They, they've got a huge number of injuries, but the way they're playing, give me Leicester. And Leicester are not playing particularly well. Uh, I, yeah, but if you say it, I'll go with that. Um, I, I think Leicester, and I just, I just w- would want to talk up. Um, I thought Eastman and Tuolangi were great at the weekend. In he, difficult conditions. Hey, Def- defensively, they were brilliant. Eastman's the boy. He, if he stays he fit, a, he's the absolute boy. Now, will Tamua be back? Is he injured? Doesn't he matter. Fit? Release him now. They've got Eastman. <laughs> One, uh, I, I think a Leicester win as well. Yeah, give me Leicester. Sc- Scarlets Racing. At Scarlets. Racing are looking ominous. Tasty. Yeah, Racing are looking ominous. Although they did they lose to Leon the other day. Uh, if it's away from home, they lost. If it's at home, they won. It was at home. I think they might have lost. Standard top 14 procedure. Mm. Win your home games. Forget everything else. Uh, yeah, in fact... I'm pretty sure they did lose. Let me just double-check that. Um, yeah, Leon beat Racing at Racing 19-13. Are Scarlett's getting any of their players back yet? Because they were another one who were really suffering uh, injuries at the start of the season. Uh, well, Davis is back. Davis? Uh, Lions Davis. Uh, JD. Yeah. They, how many... It's, it's not narrowing it down in a Welsh. <laughs> no, it's Davis, really not. Yeah, they've it? got Davis, they've got Williams. Davis, I, think, I think Williams is okay. Evans. Steph- Ev- Evans looks okay. <laughs> Steph Evans played in the bloody A-team this week. <laughs> Second week running, Steph Evans has played in the Scarlet's A-team. Is that a disciplinary God knows, but, issue? Uh, it'd be nice if he got good. Like, now would be good. Um, Gloucester cast. Right, this is a big score, and I think Gloucester win this big. I remember watching cast last year against a Leicester team that was actually turned out to be rubbish. And uh, they got absolutely hammered. I expect it to happen again. So bear in mind... Cast, are they top, they're top, top of the top 14, aren't they? Uh, yes, and they're also top 14 champions. So they, they're they not top. They're in fifth place at the moment. But they are champions. They In one of the best games I've seen in a long time, they beat Montpellier last the, the yep. final last season. So they can they can really turn it on when they want to. I just don't imagine that this will be one of the games that they want to turn it on. Mm. So give me Gloucester. Leon Cardiff. Now, I am told on good authority, Leon are going to hammer Cardiff at Leon. There you go. And so take that to the bank. I wouldn't want to uh, discredit someone. So Leon beat Racing 92. I just said that. In Paris. I just said that as well. In Paris. Yeah. Uh, Astonishing. Uh, the- the big silverback Carl Ferns is back. That's all they need. That's ah, all they need. Well, this, 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 well, this this is why Cardiff are in trouble because uh, Mr. Ferns did not play in uh, in Paris because of a plastic pitch. Ah, but he he's raring to go against Cardiff. So uh, Cardiff, which is so uh, is so frustrating for him because he's in a pool with three teams with plastic pitches. I know <laughs> it's outrageous, isn't it? But there we what go. What are the chances? Are they the only three plastic pitches in the Champions Cup? No, well, New- no, Racing, obviously. Newcastle. Glasgow. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, Newcastle oh, yeah. have got an alternative Champions Cup. Yeah, which is our next game. It could get it could get very grisly, this. Uh, the men from the North East travel to 
The home of the French Navy. Toulon. Yeah. Uh, Toulon, who are currently third from bottom in the top 14. But do you know what? I know they're doing poorly in top 14. Europe, there's a situation a few years ago. I'm not sure if it was the year that Northampton went down, actually, but they actually ended up doing really well in Europe because the pressure was off. Oh, okay, Tim. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's fine. I'm just uh, readying myself to run. Okay. okay. So let's wrap up these final t- uh, couple of games then. So Toulon and then Glasgow Saracens, which I think is going to be a mega match. Glasgow's... Adam Hastings, by the way, he's the prince that was promised for mm-hmm. Scottish rugby. Well, it's like I always say, it's all, it's all about opportunity. And, the, and he's got opportunity at Glasgow with a great setup and a great team. Yeah, he's getting some rave reviews out of Glasgow. Yeah. So, give me Saracens. Yeah, Saracens. After, after all that. Saracens. Oh, yep. and uh, also, yep. Sales beat Perpignan away on Friday night. Uh, and that's all to there beat, is. To beat Paddy Jackson. No, yeah, no chance. Still. And that's it, really all there is to say about the um, Challenge Cup. So, there you go. In-depth analysis from your favourite rugby podcast. Uh, we will be back next week with all the results from European rugby and much, much more. Until then, go find us on Twitter at the aforementioned Twitter sites, whatever they are, accounts. At, at Ruby Podcast. That's the one. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, all those sort of things. But uh, until next week, when we will be back, uh, I bid you farewell. Goodbye. JB, one final thing. One final thing. Did you, uh, did you like your cameo on the um, Beer 52 ad? I have not heard it. Oh, maybe you should go and listen. My cameo? Yeah. Well, I, I like it. I like anything which which is all about me. So yeah, I'll I'll check that out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, uh, obviously get your beer fifty two off from us. Um, cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers. Go and get your cornerstone razors and yeah, in a bit. Bye bye. Bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 